What I want to talk to you about is Hanukkah and Thanksgiving. We're right between the two seasons. We were reading Philemon, and Philemon is great fun. It's a Jewish guilt trip. Paul is laying a guilt trip on Philemon to get a hold of his slave. And in verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and the faith that you have toward the Lord Yeshua and all the saints. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Messiah. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. This is, of course, at the beginning of the letter, and he's buttering up Philemon in order to lay the request on him. But the thing that occurred to me is this idea of comforting one another and refreshing each other. That sort of led me to step back and think, why do we read Scripture? Why do we read these stories? Certainly everybody is in a church and that's what we do and all that kind of stuff. But why do we do it? And as I was going through Scripture, one of the things that I noticed over and over and over again is things like, be not afraid. Take comfort, comfort in your tribulation, encouragement, hope. That's all over Scripture. My lightning-fast mind, you know, figures this right out, that one of the reasons we read it is because the situations that we find ourselves in mirror the situations that people in biblical times find themselves in. We read the story about what happened to them, how God moved, and so forth, And one of the things that God assures us of is what he has done before, he will do again. So as you're reading these stories and you see what God has done for his people in the past, what you can do is you can take encouragement and comfort from the idea that what he has done before, he will do again. And every generation goes through tribulation, trouble, trials, all that kind of thing. And there's a temptation as you're sort of down in the pit like Joseph looking up and all you can see is this little circle of sky and your brother's looking down at you snickering to feel abandoned, to feel hopeless, to feel fear, all those kinds of things. I mean, that's just the way we are. Everybody is that way. I've certainly been that way. And what Scripture does is says that you should never become hopeless. And as we see Joseph's story, for example, just down for Joseph. Down, 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 down. I mean, his brothers sell him into slavery. He gets thrown into a pit. Then he gets uh, falsely accused, gets thrown into jail. And, and if anybody has got a right to become hopeless, it's Joseph. And, of course, you've all read ahead in the book, and you know that it all comes out all right. So one of the things about Scripture is it gives us perspective. So as we go through these trials in our lives that everybody goes through, we can say, well, wait a minute. In the past, in similar circumstances, this is what God did. Why would he not do something like that for me? So let's look at Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. And I said in the past, and I will say again today, they are the same holiday. One of them is American, one of them is Israelite, but they are exactly the same holiday. And by the way, Passover is exactly the same holiday as Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. So what are the circumstances in all three 
of those cases. In every one of those cases, what's happened is government has run amok and has enslaved and oppressed the people of God. Look at Passover. Egypt has run amok and they have looked at Israelites as possessions and they have oppressed them and they have kept them down for purposes of living off of their labor. Look at Hanukkah, the Maccabees. The Greeks have oppressed the Israelites, have forbidden them from practicing their religion, have treated them as chattel, and have killed them. Look at Thanksgiving, not the Pilgrim Thanksgiving. Look at our national Thanksgiving. When did that start? After the revolution. And what was the cause of the revolution? The British government had run amok. And the colonists finally said, we can't live under this government anymore. And what we're going to do is we are going to throw this government off and establish one of our own. And when that was successful, George Washington said, we need to give thanks to God for what he did for us. So in every one of these cases, what you have is God taking his people out from under an oppressive empire and setting them up as free people. That's what happens at Passover. That's what happens with the Maccabees. That's what happens with the United States after the revolution. And by the way, I firmly believe that the hand of God was on the United States or America in those days. And the reason we were successful and the reason that we did what we did is because God wanted us to. You're free to disagree with that. You can be as foolish as you want. But I firmly believe that. Because, I mean, look at us. We're set up based on Torah. I mean, the whole structure of our government is based on Torah. Now, this is not an accident. Let's look at what happens when government gets out of control. And this is going somewhere for today. Government's necessary. We need government. I'm not an anarchist. Anarchy is, is way worse than tyranny, quite frankly. So we need government. But the idea in God's economy is government is designed to have order in the society and to facilitate people living freely and coming to him. But what happens with men is men get the idea that people are there to serve government. That was Pharaoh's attitude, wasn't it? That the reason you guys are here is because we need or want your labor and you're here to serve government. What was the idea of the Greeks under Antiochus? You're here to serve us. And we will decide how you worship. We will decide what church you go to. We will decide what you can think. You're here to serve us. What was the attitude of the British crown toward the colonies? You're here to serve us. You're our colonies. You're here to provide resources and stuff to the motherland. That's your job. And the colonists didn't see it that way. And by the way, what is the attitude of our government today? We exist to send our taxes and so forth to them. And we are resources for them. And we are there to serve them instead of the other way around. And by the way, how does government do that? Well, the way that the Egyptians did it is bricks without straw, right? And what's the purpose of bricks without straw? To keep you so busy that you have no time to rest and reflect and worship God. You are so busy chasing down stubble for bricks 
but you have no time to do anything else and you're exhausted. How did the Greeks do it? They desecrated the temple and then they went around and said, all right, everybody has got to worship our God and in order to show that you're loyal, what we're going to do is we're going to sacrifice a pig and you're going to partake of it. And they said, you can't use your religion. You'll use our religion. You'll think the way we want you to think. You'll think the thoughts we want you to think. You'll worship the gods we want you to worship. What's happening today? Anybody been involved in a Twitter storm where somebody inadvertently says something that doesn't align with what people want and all of a sudden you've lost everything? So are they trying to get you to think the way they think? To believe the way they believe? To worship the gods that they worship? I will suggest so. So, coming back to where I started. As we look up, one of the things that we see is this little patch of sky that our brother's looking down on is mocking. Because a lot of the world doesn't believe the way we believe. And I don't mean messianic. I mean believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whether they worship him on Sunday or they worship him on Saturday. You guys can't do that. And certainly you can't do it in the uh, public square. We don't want your God in the public square. So what I'm suggesting to you is that the whole purpose of reading about Hanukkah and celebrating Thanksgiving and reading about Passover is to see what God has done under similar circumstances in the past and to derive hope that he will do that for us. And I will suggest he is. I got to tell you, I have started praying. I know that's an encouragement to y'all. I have specifically started praying for confusion to be scattered among those who do not love God. But look at what's happening. Look at all of the institutions in our national life that have just started to unravel. Hollywood is imploding. The Congress is imploding. They are tearing at each other, trying to get the cancer out, not realizing that they're the cancer. Because you have, over and over again, these people really have no respect for God. The media. How many anchors have been destroyed in the last two weeks? This is confusion. This is God sowing confusion among those who do not love him. Which is exactly what I've been praying for. I mean, God knows who his people are. I don't. And I don't presume to judge. But what I'm seeing is a whole lot of prominent people who have been very strident in their disdain for people like us have all of a sudden just overnight disappeared. And the interesting thing about it Y'all want a conspiracy theory? <laughs> we all love conspiracy theories, don't we? The thing that I am finding just absolutely fascinating is with one exception, which is Al Franken. Nobody has fought these charges. The charge gets leveled. The person says, oh, I apologize profusely, and goes into oblivion. There hasn't been any pushback. You notice that? That's very interesting. Judge Moore in Alabama did push back and is vigorously fighting that. And, you know, I don't care how you think about 
him. But that's sort of the normal reaction is when somebody accuses you of something like that is you go into full counterattack and defense mode. That has not happened. That's weird. Here's my conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory is the thing that they have been charged with publicly is actually fairly benign compared to what they're actually doing. In other words, as you dig around in these people's lives, you will find that pick one of their sins, groping somebody, which is tacky. But you could sort of weather something like that unless you've got something that's way worse that you're worried about having it come out. So the idea that people are not just, whoa, how dare you accuse me of something like that? I never did anything like that. You know, the typical thing. That isn't happening. Which again tells me that this is an answer to prayer. And as you pray, I will gently suggest to you that that be part of your prayer routine. Specifically, confusion to those who do not love and respect God. And again, I'm not talking messianics, I'm talking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and there are a whole bunch of different churches that worship him, but not the way we do, which is fine. And that, that's, I'm not knocking anybody. But as you're praying, I would suggest that you would pray that he increase the confusion among those who don't love him. Now, coming back to why do we observe all these things, and I started off by saying, if God has done this in the past, what we see in Scripture over and over and over again is he continues to do the same things. So the time between the Passover and the time of the Maccabees is like 1,500 years. So God takes Israel out in the Passover, and then 1,500 years later, they are admired and enmeshed with another empire, and that empire is oppressing them, and God works through the Maccabees and delivers them. 1,700 years later, the United States colonists are entangled with another empire, and the empire is oppressing them. And they pray to God, and God untangles them from the empire. So this happens over and over again. And the fact that it happens over and over again should give you comfort and confidence that it can happen again. And as I say, I am firmly convinced that the stuff we are observing right now in our culture and in our government is in fact God reaching in and saying, okay, you guys have got yourselves entangled up again with an empire, so I will work you out of it. I think that's what's going on. Certainly pray that that's what's going on. And I would ask that perhaps you might join me in those prayers. So let's look at a couple of pieces of scripture and then we'll quit. Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua Messiah, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Hebrews 10.24 Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as of the habit of son, 
but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Notice every one of these things is talking about what you do with your brethren. Everybody gets themselves into a twist from time to time. We just all do. There's a reason he likens us to sheep. Sheep are pretty dumb sometimes. And the job of each of us then, as one of us gets himself into a bind, is to come alongside and encourage. Now, encouragement is different than solving a problem. Problems come into our lives, and we need to figure out how to work those out. That's how you grow. But as you're working through those problems, it's really a good thing if your brothers and sisters in the body will come alongside of you and give you encouragement, give you comfort, help you see beyond your problem and see hope. That's y'all's job as you go out and as you meet people in the world. You'll find lots and lots of people in the world that are completely without hope. Your job is, in fact, to be a bearer of hope, to be a bearer of perspective, to let them know that God is, in fact, out there, and what God has done in the past, he will do again. And you can bank on that. Et ta